It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, Joseph, it's it's cranky pants day for me. There's a lot going on here, and we've got to get into it. I got a lot of problems right now. Have you ever considered the idea of starting a show on a positive note? Maybe having some positive angles to things that are I happening have, in the I world have of sports. I have many positive things to say today, and I have many negative things to say today. But <laughs> that's just me. These are the ABCs of me. That's that's it. You deal with it. That's what you get with Chris Carlin. Come it's Carlin on. versus We got Joe. Chargers Raiders tonight. You got to be excited about that one. Easton <laughs> Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. Well, here's what I know. Later... <laughs> You're going to give me a reason, and I can't wait. I'll give you I, a bunch. I cannot wait. It is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We are presented by Progressive Insurance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. On Instagram, it is at Jay Fortenbaugh, at that guy Carlin. Joseph, let's start with Draymond Green and the league suspending him indefinitely. And for me, it's about damn time. And I don't blame really Draymond in this. I don't blame anybody else really other than the NBA. You have heard me say this so many times. You do not blame the two-year-old who drives the car off the cliff. You, You blame the person who gave him the keys. And the NBA has continuously given Draymond Green the keys. And he has said, I'm not going to apologize for things that I meant to do, even though he says he didn't mean to do it the other night. And I'm going to continue being me. At what point was it lost in translation with this, the fourth suspension in a calendar year that maybe Draymond Green needed some help? Okay, we got a lot to unpack with all that. A lot to unpack. You come across a lot of two-year-old babies driving cars off cliffs? Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> you understand. Well, I, yeah, I do. I've got two young kids, and you understand. But, I mean, what are we doing? We're not holding him accountable here? Well, of course we are. Well, we and just started trying, with, my we don't blame be, Draymond Green. How do we point, not blame Draymond Green? We start here, by blaming Draymond Green. Because Draymond Green has just continued to be Draymond Green, and nobody has done anything about it. And in essence, Joe, they have empowered him to be Draymond Green by not doing anything about it. Well, how much more can they do? Because I understand when some of these events happen, we feel that the suspensions or the punishment is light. But it's not like they can hand out anything, right? I mean, this stuff is collectively bargained so you can come out and say all right you're gonna stomp on demontis sabonis's chest in the playoffs we're gonna give you 30 games and then immediately there's gonna be an appeal and that's gonna be brought down so how much more is it how much more could have been done regarding green prior to this point in order to have potentially avoided this if that's what you're suggesting well how many times have we been through this with draymond green quite a bit it's not like this is one or two times that this has happened or some other player where just this season and a couple of things are happening. No, no, this has been his entire career, and it has only escalated even more. Stomping on DeMontis Sabonis, choking out Rudy Gobert, 
what are we what are we expecting when you only hand out these rinky dink suspensions to this point and don't do anything about it? What are we expecting to change when he has actually told you I'm not changing? Boy, I don't think anything's ever going to change. That's the thing. Nothing's going to change. If you get suspended in the NBA finals and that ends up costing your team a championship and that doesn't change anything, what else can be done? Exactly. Nothing else can be done at that point. You can't five games for a Rudy Gobert choke out. That's not going to matter. He lost a championship out of it. Like you lost a ring. You, you, you screwed up a dynasty. That that that's on you, and that didn't do anything to change this. I did find it intriguing that the league decided to go with the indefinite route because it's clear here that a bunch of conversations have been had regarding what might be causing this, and there's got to be something. This isn't just a guy acting out for no reason. Something's going on. We're not going to speculate as to what's going on in the private life, but something's going on to the point where he's acting out more so than we've seen in the past, and the indefinite suspension is basically them saying, look, we're not going to put a, a number on this. We want you to go get the help you need. Figure it out. We're here, and you're out based Basically, until we all feel a little bit better about this. Well, here's Joe Dumars, executive VP for the NBA, who has a relationship with Draymond Green. He was on first take just a little while ago, kind of outlining what the issues with past suspensions have been with Draymond and his lack of regret. We don't really Monday morning quarterback here. We, we, we do what we think is best in the moment. And, and the decisions that we've made over the last, I don't know, 18 months or so, Every one of them was like deeply discussed internally here. These weren't just like quick uh, snap decisions. I mean, like a lot of conversations that have gone on. Uh, and then you come out with the best decision that you can make at that time. So we we really don't go back and look at it. Even like this one, Stephen, you, you know, a lot of conversations the last two days on this. And indefinite is where we came out and everyone here agrees with it. And we think it's what's best for him, it's what's best for the Warriors, and it's what's best for the league. It should have happened a long time ago, and this is the problem. And, and I'll, I'll go here with this, Joe. Adam Silver, I think, as the NBA commissioner, for the most tar- part, has done an absolutely fantastic job. And one of the more important things for him to do when he took the job was to make sure the players knew that they were partners. Not just make them feel that way. That was just as important, too, because David Stern ruled with an iron fist, so to speak. Adam Silver came in, had the whole situation with Donald Sterling pop up, and immediately did what he had to do, and it was great. He has since then worked so hard to be an advocate for the players, understanding that they're the product. But that line has to be drawn in the sand at some point, and it should have been drawn a long time ago, especially when it comes to this particular player, because... If you think the NBA Players Association, they're going to, they'll fight for Draymond, but they see what's going on. Like, they can't even argue this. They can't look at, they look at an entire history here, and they're like, "Eh, yeah, I kind of see it. Yeah, everyone sees it. It's not like you didn't have a single coach, teammate, friend. Nobody stood up for him. Nobody. There's not one person that got up and tried to grab his back in that situation. Everyone is well aware of the problems he has caused, is causing, and could continue to cause if this doesn't get changed at any point in the near future. Like, the Warriors have been through it. It just so happens to turn out that he provides more benefit than he does cost at the current moment when they do the cost-benefit analysis. Having him, slightly better than not having him. So as a result, he's on the team. 
four years, $100 million given to him this offseason. I think it's a, a round of applause to the league for the indefinite suspension because there's really no way to criticize the league with the suspension like that, right? You put a number on it and everyone starts comparing it. But when you go indefinite, no one's going to sit there and say that's too long because we don't know how long it is just yet. And then there's enough time to go by where we forget about it. Or you can't have anyone complaining it's too short because it's indefinite. We don't know when it's ending. It's a brilliant move by the league. Brilliant. Just from a PR perspective, this is a number that doesn't actually exist, so no one can complain about it. I love the way that that was done. <laughs> just, that's just the, the, the ABCs of me, so to speak. Like you well, go indefinite, no one can get on you for that. Well, when you look at Draymond right now, is it just me or is this ramped up even more in the last year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when you, go, when you go through the timeline, absolutely. Because it's easy to look at the um, suspensions. He had the 16th technical suspension. I think that right. got him a game last March. Yep. Then he had the playoff game in April. Sabonis. Then he had Gobert. Then he has this. So that's four. But on top of that, you go back a little bit further, you have the incident punching uh, Jordan Poole, which led to a team in post suspension. So there's been a lot. I... I no idea what's going on. It, it, yeah. The suspicion would be something's happening in the personal life right now that is leading to an, a reaction like this. I mean, I don't. I, is there a way to think that everything's fine in his life and he's just acting like this because the 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 issues are popping up so much more frequently? Well, let's hear from Kevin Durant. I have not heard this sound yet, but it kind of, uh, from what I'm told, it kind of sounds like. He's agreeing with what you're talking about. Yeah, that was insane to see. Glad Nurk is all right. Never seen that before on a basketball court in the NBA game. I hope Draymond gets the help he needs. Uh, it's been incident after incident. So I know Draymond, and that's not, you know, he doesn't, he, he hasn't been that way when I was around him and coming into the league. So hopefully he gets the help he needs and get back on the court and, you know, put all this stuff behind him. You've had enough players come out and say things like that. Yeah. That would lead you to believe something's happening. So you just hope whatever it is can get figured out before any more harm could potentially be done to anyone. I mean, he literally said in, in the span of 30 seconds, three times, I hope he gets the help that he needs. Yeah. So yeah. that should lay out quite a bit there. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. See, you missed me. Captain Cranky Pants is back, yeah. but you missed it. Very exciting. Yes. Very exciting. I, I cannot wait to hear what you're upset with next. <laughs> Be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I don't want to overstate it, but one superstar in the league is absolutely out of his mind and needs to relax. Was that too negative? It's got me intrigued. My ears perked up. See, that's the point. <laughs> Big fella knows what he's doing sometimes. Yeah. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Here comes the exclamation. Flushes it through. How about a clean 64 for the Great Freak? There's a misunderstanding about the game ball. It was Oscar Shibwe's first official NBA point. We were not thinking about Giannis's franchise record. A couple of minutes later, several of their players ended up in our hallway. Maybe they felt like he should have been out of the game, and, you know, he was trying to get points or whatever. But that's part of the league. You know, that's the gamesmanship. That's the, the pettiness. It happens. I mean, there's petty, and then there's petty, and, and that from Giannis is something I never would have expected to see. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. If you don't know what we're talking about, Giannis last night uh, went for north of 60 again. And after the game or at the end of the game was looking for the game ball so he could keep it. But as you just heard Rick Carlisle explain, uh, Oscar Shibwe for the Pacers scored his first career NBA point. And so they had kept the ball for him. Giannis went absolutely berserk, looking and trying to get the ball, running back to the locker room, trying to get it back from the Pacers. And then that kind of emboldened the Pacers to say, no, we're not giving you the ball. And it got pushing and shoving, and the Pacers GM got elbowed and hurt his rib. It really turned into uh, an ugly situation. Giannis also said it wasn't for me. It was for Dame Lillard, who had passed Kyle Korver in the game for fifth on the all-time NBA three-point list. Now, if we're going to get a ball for Dame Lillard, for Kyle Korver for passing him on the all-time NBA three-point list. I mean, that might be the saddest NBA sentence I've heard since Julius Randle is an (laughs) all-star. I mean, are we serious? Like, I got to get a ball for passing Kyle Korver? Whatever it is, I mean, Giannis, what the hell are you doing? This is one of my favorite stories of the year. And we're closing in on the end of the year, but this is a tremendous story all the way around. First of all, love to see that Giannis isn't perfect. Maybe that's just the hater in me, but let's go ahead and bring him down a notch. Suddenly vain in some regard. Whether it was for him, whether it was for Lillard, the fact that he's trying to take it away from Shibwe, who has equal claim to this thing as well, is just fascinating to me. This is what I love about sports. Nonsense like this. Because this is nonsense. Everyone's going to wake up today feeling better. We're all going to move past it. But we all get to laugh about it and have some fun. I, I, Giannis and Steph are the two guys that I would never expect to be involved in something like this. Yeah. I agree with your point. I mean, we're going to coming to blows over Damian Lillard moving to fifth. 
right, on the all-time well, three-point list. 60, which is going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, and also, weren't there multiple balls being used for yes. Giannis to get to 60? So can he have one of those? I mean, do we need to go to King Solomon, cut the ball in half, <laughs> everybody gets a piece? And then when one of them steps up and says, no, no, I cannot sit, stand to see the ball cut in half. I'd rather it go to you than to be cut in half. And then the king realizes you are the true mother. You are the true owner of this ball. I haven't heard from Shibway on it, so he should be the one that gets it. Well, here's Giannis after the game on the whole situation. I knew they had the game ball. I don't even think they had the game ball. I knew they had the ball. First of all, you cannot. I don't know how it works, but um, I assume. I cannot just walk in in any arena that I play and just take the ball. Like Dame was fifth of all time. I scored 60. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, the ball that uh, they gave us, I offered it to Dane. Like, I scored 60. He scored multiple times 60. He scored 70, and, he, you know, uh, he should have the ball. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's fair for, you know, anybody. Uh, and I understand, like, I understand when you score your first uh, point in the, in the NBA, like, you want to have the ball or whatever the case might be. Um, but at the end of the day, like, we're talking about the, the guy that, um, you know, skipped uh, Kyle Korver in the all-time list, and uh, in my opinion, I feel like we should all, you know, kind of stop what we're doing and appreciate greatness. Again, that sentence just depresses me. (laughs) Kyle Korver! Kyle Korver! And not only that, Joe, the guy did score the first point in his career, and we don't know how many points Oscar Chibwe is ever going to score again. Let's call this what it is. For Dame, for Giannis... This is a basketball that's going to end up in a storage unit at some point. And you just went nuts over it. I love the fact that he had the time to cool down between the event and when he spoke to the media. And there was nothing like the, yeah, kind of got away from me there. I want to apologize. I just, I got a little emotional. Like, no, he's laying out his entire case. I love it how he downgrades the first point scored by Shibwe. Can we yeah. get to that point in the audio, please, to play that again? Where he's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, the guy scored some points, but hey, fifth all time. And I got to like, play the whole man, thing if I'm going to play it. This guy's, yeah, yeah it's a, this guy gets to the NBA. He scores his first points, and it's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Wait until you get – when you get past Kyle Korver in something, then we'll give you a basketball, <laughs> stupid bum. <laughs> like, yeah, play it again. Play it again, and then we'll just cut it after the part where he's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. First points. Who cares? I knew they had the game ball. I don't I didn't think I have the game ball. I knew they had the ball. First of all, you cannot. I, I don't know how it works, but um, I assume like, – I cannot just walk in, in any arena that I play and just – take the ball like Dame was fifth of all time I scored 60 at the end of the day like the ball that uh, they gave us I offered it to Dame like I scored 60 he scored multiple times 60 he scored 70 and he, you know uh, he should have the ball but at the end of the day I don't think it's fair for you know anybody uh, and I understand like I understand when you score your first uh, point in the, in the NBA like you want to have the ball or whatever the case might be um, it but, cut it there. Uh, no you don't understand you clearly do not understand you can't you can't run into a locker room to steal to not steal the ball, but to get that ball from the other team and then go to the media afterwards and say, look, I understand how important it is. By definition and by action, you literally do not at all understand how important it is <laughs> because you tried to take it away from him. You that are the a, a planet filled with seven billion people. Giannis Antetokounmpo was the only guy trying to take Oscar Shibwe's ball away from him. 
That's the world we live in. Now, that's framing that in a very unique way. I understand. But think about it. The other 7 billion people were trying to take that ball from Sheebway. It was just Giannis. It's so rare to see him like this. That's why this is so funny. Because You're right. And we're having fun with it. It's not to mock him. Like, I love Giannis. Giannis is great for the NBA. It's a little bit to mock him in this case. I love him, too. But, like, I mean, this is fantastic. Well, we did spend so much time saying, oh, look at how he he, he did right by Milwaukee. He got them to bring in Dame. And then he re-signed. He's such a great guy. He's such a great winner. He's such a great leader. And then you have this. And it's like, all right, now we're going to knock him down a peg. Now we're going to bring you down a little bit. Come on down in the mud with us. <laughs> Be a part of Carla versus Joe Nation. Dr. Pepper call in line 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pop, Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Let's get a couple in right here. John is in Michigan up first. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Johnny, what's up, baby? Hey, I love you guys' show. You guys are one of the best on the radio. I just wanted to touch base about Draymond. I'm a Michigan grad, so I didn't really like him going through college. But, uh, you know, I respected everything he did early on in his career. He was kind of, you know, a player that got disrespected in the draft and then, you know, did great. And now he's just become kind of a thug. And uh, just wondering what you guys think about See, but that. That's and, the thing. Uh, that's the thing. You watch Draymond, you realize he's he's not a thug. He does stupid things like this, but he does a lot of other things to help your team win. In in most especially help create. Like that. That's a big part of his game because he doesn't score twenty five a night. Doesn't mean he do doesn't do other things immensely well, Joe. He's always been a great defender. First four time. All defense first team. He was yep. the 2017 Defensive Player of the Year. He's gone to the All-Star Game four times. He's a Hall of Famer. I mm-hmm. mean, what what was that triple-double he had? The triple-double without the points? I, I think, think it was... was uh, <laughs> points? Yeah. It was assists, rebounds, and either steals or blocks. I think it was I'm pretty steals. pretty sure it was steals. Steals. But, I mean, like... He's done so much for them over the years. He means so much when he's on the court. His ability... It, we talked about this yesterday. He is a high IQ basketball player. High IQ basketball, low IQ emotional intelligence. That's what it is. Joe, He's very Seneca, low, low IQ emotional intelligence. Joe in Seneca Falls, New York, is up next. Joe, what's going on, brother? How are you? Guys, I'm really upset about Steve Kerr. Now, we're talking about Draymond, and Draymond shows he must be more entitled than anybody else in the NBA. And the NBA has got a problem, especially with Giannis last night going off like that. The NBA has a problem. But let's go back to Steve Kerr. Why isn't Steve coming out and saying something and defending it? Not to defend, but saying how bad a player, I'm sorry for his behavior, nothing from Steve Kerr. This has been going on and on. And it seems like Steve Kerr has been politically motivated on everything else he, he has a say in, and he's not saying anything about this, this happening. Is this all about the money, Steve? I, I don't understand. I think Steve Kerr's job is to back up his player as much as he can. And publicly, he's... Listen, he, Steve Kerr will say some things publicly about his own guys, but he's only going to go so far because that doesn't serve his purpose. Can you make the case that when comparing the two, Giannis more out of line than Draymond? And you're taking me seriously. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking in the Zoom. I'm like, I, know. I didn't think I was going to be able to slip that one past, and no. he was going to truly indulge. <laughs> like it, you can like, make the case that. So, here's why I would consider it. One is just so remarkably stupid. 
<laughs> like with Draymond, you can argue, look, he was grabbing it. Jurkic was all over his waist. Draymond's right. trying to get free. His arm kind of flailed. You know, Giannis tried to steal something from someone. <laughs> yeah, and this is kind of what Draymond is. And Giannis just wanted to get his ball and go home. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You know, bowl season is upon us, Joe. Don't forget, it all begins this weekend. We've got the Myrtle Beach Bowl. We've got the yeah. RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl and the Starco LA Bowl hosted by Gronk. I'm headed for Myrtle Beach tomorrow. Really? Drive or fly? I will be uh, flying. Well, I'm headed today, actually. I'll be flying later today. You don't know what day you're leaving. No, I do, I do know what day I'm leaving. Uh, connecting in Charlotte and then a little puddle jumper at the Myrtle Beach, 45 minutes. Yeah, that's nice. Nice little airport. In and out very quickly. Yeah, haven't been there before, but we'll see. Exactly. How long is the walk in the uh, terminal? <laughs> From there to the rental car. Anyway, we've got it all on ESPN Radio all bowl season long. Ah, Carlin versus Joe. In moments, everybody is waiting for Caleb Williams to officially announce his plans for the draft. But did the potential number one pick already declare? Ooh, it's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. It is my great pleasure to announce the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner is Jaden Daniels from Louisiana State University. To Coach Kelly, Coach Frank, Coach Denbrock and Coach Sloan and the rest of LSU football staff, thank you for trusting in me to lead your team. I learned how to block out the noise, that you could overcome any obstacles, and just be humble, be legendary, and most importantly, you know, be joyful about what you do. He took a kid from the West Coast and brought me back down to the bayou. I'm forever thankful. LSU didn't have the season that they were hoping for, but Jaden Daniels was spectacular. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Every week at this time, we welcome in the great Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, of course, co-host of Dari and Mel, Saturday mornings and the First Draft Podcast. Mel, 
Chris and Joe, so let's start here with Jaden Daniels. He wins the Heisman. Where does he fit into the quarterback class in the upcoming draft? Guys, he's right there. He's at three with basically a grade similar to Drake May at two. I have one at four, one at three on the big board, which will be up tomorrow. Uh, I didn't want to have much separation, if any, between those two because I think it's going to be a battle to, to get to late April, see who is QB2. Caleb Williams is solidly QB1, despite the Notre Dame game, which was the big hiccup of the year and kind of game you just say, okay, let's throw it away. Don't, don't even worry about it. It was just a bad game all the way around. But Drake had several of those this year. Now, Drake also had a new coordinator and his two top receivers were in the NFL. So you, and then you'd have Tez Walker right away. So, again, you can, I can't excuse away some of the missed throws and some of the struggles, the NC State game, the Clemson game, the Virginia game. It was multiple games where Drake was just not at an AA-plus level. Okay? So that's why Jaden is putting pressure on Drake for that second quarterback spot. Mel, when you well, let's talk about the gap from Williams at one to May or Daniels at two. Like, how big of a gap is that? And then it sounds like the gap from whoever two is to three is obviously much tighter. Yes, uh, Joe, and I think it's because of the Drake May inconsistencies later in the year when he had Tez Walker, and he still was missing throws with time to throw in the pocket. It was just uncharacteristic of Drake. You didn't see that a lot. You thought this year you would see more of Drake May playing like Caleb Williams, challenging Caleb Williams. We thought that would be the battle. That would be affirmed in Alidar coming down the stretch. It didn't happen that way because Drake fell back just a bit, and Caleb did what he did. Now, the Notre Dame game was not good. It was a bad game. You saw that game. Like Caleb Williams, number one overall. No way. But it's one game. So then Drake finishes up inconsistent. Jaden is lights out. Okay. And Jaden is the one. If you look at all these quarterbacks, Jaden is the one to talk about because he went from a guy you thought even when the year began, maybe a second-round pick, maybe. Then you said, okay, maybe he's a late one. Then the more you watched him and you, you saw the eyes and the way he scanned the field and the, the improvement he made, he was 206, not 185, 190 in terms of weight. Uh, stayed away from, from turnovers despite being aggressive with his legs and his arm. All those things. And you read where he's the first one in the building. He beats Brian Kelly in. We talked to him about that on Daria Mel show last week. Uh, that's why he's where he is. He, he has made a monumental leap no I don't remember a player in years that has gone up as much as he has by the decision he made to go back to LSU Samsung is awesome let me tell you why this Saturday get game time ready with the Samsung bespoke four-door flex refrigerator with family hub plus from the Home Depot he is Mel Kuyper Jr. ESPN NFL draft analyst co-host of Darian Mel Saturday mornings all right so with that in mind Mel when you look at May and Daniels, what are some of the better fits here as far as who goes two and who goes three and the teams they could go to? Well, Chris, if you have Chicago trading Justin Fields and taking Caleb Williams at one, where does Justin Fields end up? That would be a team. You think Atlanta? Remember, he was from that area. Went to Georgia, New Orleans, Minnesota. Can throw a lot of different teams out there. But where Fields would end up is key. Now, do they stick with Fields? Do they move? What does Chicago do? Then you have New England. Uh, You have Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Where's Bill Belichick? Is he part of this equation? Who's making those decisions? That's New England. Arizona, I'm sticking with Kyler Murray and I'm drafting 
than Marvin Harrison Jr. if that presents itself as a possibility. Um, uh, Kyler's my quarterback. Marvin's my now my dominant go-to guy for Kyler Murray. Washington, are they sticking with Sam Howell? What happens with him? Are they aggressive looking at a quarterback? The Raiders, are they going to be aggressive and try to move up to get a quarterback? Then they'll get down to you know Atlanta and New Orleans would have to move up to get a quarterback. So I think there'll be activity, but certainly when you have Drake May and you have a, a Jaden Daniels now up there near the top, it's going to be really interesting to see who's aggressive, who just settles to stay where they are and doesn't move and just hopes for the best, who feels that, hey, J.J. McCarthy's pretty good. You know, Michael Penix Jr. is pretty good. Bo Nix is pretty good. We'll wait it out. If you, don't, if you feel like one of those three can be a really good starting quarterback, and I think the wild card of that group, guys, for me is J.J. McCarthy. How he plays in this playoff game coming up, and hopefully for them a championship game will determine a lot about how I think teams feel and certainly how I feel about him when once we get to late April. News came down today. Texas backup quarterback Malik Murphy entering the transfer portal. Texas is in the final four, but their backup quarterback has announced he's transferring. People might think that's bizarre, but that's how it works. This is the window where you need to take advantage of that. Is that right, Mel? I mean, should we be trying to find a way where this happens after the season? Is there a way to improve upon this? No. The calendar and the, and the way it is with, with decisions have to be made when you put those dates out there that the portal opens in early December, ends early January, early signing days coming up. You know, he's got it. Now, this will only affect backup quarterbacks. It's not going to affect position players in terms of the playoffs. They're playing in that game. The backup quarterback, a third-string quarterback, backup quarterback is going to say, hey, yeah, i got to get out of here. I, I don't want to leave my team, but i got to find a spot for me. If I wait, then all the spots are filled, and I'm back you know, looking at an opportunity to be no better than the backup quarterback or a number three next year if Arch Manning becomes the backup quarterback. Or who knows what Quinn Ewers is going to do. We expect him to be back. Just to clean up something from before, guys, Shador Sanders, Colorado, I took out of the top 25 tomorrow because it looks like he may is trending that he's going back to Colorado. Carson Beck, Georgia, trending he's going back to Georgia. But if that doesn't happen, Shador Sanders will be way up there too, guys. I mean, I had him you know, up there at the top. He would be right there with Jaden and, and Drake. So if Shador Sanders comes out, he's another quarterback to talk about in the top five of round one. Mel, great stuff. Uh, one quick question, though. Holidays here approaching. Uh, you're obviously a pumpkin pie guy every day, as we are aware. Yep. Uh, does it survive through Christmas? And if so, where would you draft? Like, what gets drafted behind pumpkin pie if I'm going to make the assumption that's your number one pick no matter what? It would be apple pie. Yeah. Apple pie. Okay. Yeah, it would be a distant second. But, you know, second, but a distant second. But, but like gap, May and Daniels, is the gap closer between apple pie and whatever third is or apple pie and pumpkin pie? Oh, uh, it's a, a, apple pie and pumpkin's a huge gap. Yeah. Wow. That's like, okay. that's like a, a number one pick overall in a second rounder. That's Trevor Lawrence. That's what, wow. And a second rounder. Wow. Good stuff, Mel. Appreciate it. <laughs> I, don't know hey, why, hey. I don't know why we didn't lead with that. <laughs> don't, don't tempt me. I will next time. Great stuff, Mel. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Good it, man. Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL draft analyst. And, of course, the f- host of the First Draft podcast. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Uh, Captain Cranky Pants continues. One former NFL quarterback, Joe, just has to shut up. It's next on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is Mel Kuyper Jr. from Darian Mel. What's up, y'all? This is Stephen A. Smith from First Take. All of us at ESPN Radio would like to wish you very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. What a disaster this has been. Had to take off the last few nights to get my head right. Last time we did this was Monday, two and four, down two and a half units. Monday Night Football, complete disaster. Overall, 102, 107, and two. We're down 15 units. We have got to turn this around. So we'll start with tonight's showdown between the Chargers and the Raiders. I'm going to give you two here. No Keenan Allen tonight for the Chargers. Their pass-catching options are limited. So Gerald Everett, the tight end, we're going to bet over 29.5 receiving yards. And Quinton Johnson, the rookie wide receiver out of TCU, we're going to go over 2.5 receptions. That's plus 105. Gerald Everett over 29.5 is minus 110. They're going to get the looks. Everett's stock has been on the rise in recent weeks. And with a backup quarterback in Easton Stick taking over, the tight end is the security blanket. So we're also only looking for three receptions from Johnson with the way he drops the ball. Cardiac kids right here. So your first two pizza monies of the evening, Gerald Everett over 29 and a half receiving yards, minus 110. Quinton Johnson over two and a half receptions, plus 105. And it's covered up by Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills, and the Patriots are going to celebrate a win for the first time since they beat Buffalo at home in late October. We just haven't been able to reap the benefits for this team. To get that win, it means a lot. Steelers can't get out of their own way. Just before I get to it, though, I really have to tell you, there is a way about which you deliver the pizza monies. You engage me, and I immediately write them down because everything you say makes complete sense. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Quentin Johnson over two and a half plus one. Why would I not bet that even with Easton Stick? That's the thing that really ticks people off with ESPN Bet Live. I think it's the law school training, but one of the few, few attributes I actually possess is I can lay out a pretty good case. So if it's like, hey, I'm going to play this over, I I know how to structure 
and I know how to deliver to the point where it's a good sell job. The problem is it's, it always sounds like a good sell job, and they don't all win. So when they lose, I got people all over me about how, oh, you made it sound so good, and then they went out and lost by 40. Well, I'm also feeling that pain, sir. It's not like I'm having fun laying out great arguments and then getting blown up with the actual bet. See, this is the thing that people need to understand. When you give these out, you are on board with it. You oh, are yes. not just saying it. Oh, believe me, the words are the last of my concerns when we give these things out, okay? No, no, we no. Are, but I mean, we're all actually, over it. Exactly. You're actually betting it. All of them. Yeah, yep. all of them. And this is pizza money only accounts for a fraction of what we do, even though we've uh, officially hit 211 bets on this show. I mean, good God. 211 here. Joe and Amber gave out over 300 in the eight months. So you wow. and I are pacing quite nicely in the uh, degenerate category. You know what? I, I just have to say, I respect you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. This is what got to the, re- the level of respect, this right I, here? Right. What are we, three and a half months in? <laughs> Today, December Today's 14th. Today's the day. Bingo. <laughs> Thank you. I I'm appreciate I'm on board with that. you, cowboy. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN <laughs> Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I... I I'll speak a little bit from the heart here as a fan. Your beloved okay? Steelers. Your beloved Steelers. Yeah. Um, they're they're a complete disaster right now. They're, there's no getting around that. And they're not making the playoffs for what whatever people think about that. They're not a good team. Ben Roethlisberger, on his podcast, footballing with Ben Roethlisberger, chiming in on what's going wrong. Maybe the, the, the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is done. Maybe it needs to be formed a new kind of way. I don't know. Like, who's grabbing someone by the face mask and being like, uh-uh. That's not, no, that's not, not what, what we what we do. That's not yeah. what we do. Um, is that happening? You have guys on defense doing it, but you need guys on both sides of the ball doing it. You need someone to stand up in that room on offense mm-hmm. and be like, hey, this, this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold. Let me tell you something. Ben Roethlisberger is a big reason why the Steelers are in the position that they're in. Because he may as well have brought a mask and a gun to work the last few years of his career. (laughs) Okay? No, I mean, seriously. He's getting every last dollar of $35, $40, $45, $50 million, well beyond his prime in his career. Beloved in the town because of his two Super Bowls. And... They waited way too long to move on from him. Way too long. And now, Kenny Pickett's not working. Look, let's just lay it out here. The problem's the quarterback, all right? It's it's not just because he's out, but when he's on the field, he hasn't been good enough. And we could point to the coaching. We could point to whatever you want. If they had moved on from Ben a couple of years earlier as they should, as opposed to Ben whining and doing everything possible to make sure he was going to get every last dollar, they potentially would not be in this situation. So what I would say to Ben is, shut the hell up, jackass. Shut up. Because he, he, (laughs) he, no, 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 Joe. And he continues to now, because God you know, uh, uh, God forsaken, everybody in that town takes everything he says as absolute gospel. And he knows it, and he makes sure to continue to cash in at, on it on this podcast. All right. All right. 
Let's take it easy. The first thing, you call them the Steelers a complete disaster. They're not a complete disaster. The Jets are a disaster. The Patriots no, 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 are a no, no, disaster. No. Steelers in, are not a disaster. Well, but but in Steeler world, on the Steeler bar that is always set, they're a complete disaster. All right. I disagree, but fine. I'll move on from that. The second of all, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to run Roethlisberger out? Like, the, if the guy wins you those Super Bowls, you're of the belief that as we get towards the end, the team should just punt him to the curb. He doesn't. He does not have the ability to call his shot down the stretch. Is what you're saying? Yes. Like, like I mean, honestly, look at some of the other quarterbacks that that happened to. Dude, if it happens to Tom Brady, it happens to you. Okay. Yeah. Peyton Manning. The Colts moved on from Peyton Manning. You should have gone somewhere else and tried to win a Super Bowl. Uh, why? Why is it that Ben? That doesn't happen with him, but it could have happened with the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of loyalty in that organization, though, as we've talked about before. Loyal to the coaches. If they're going to be loyal to the quarterback, I can think of more egregious mistakes front offices have made. You're right. Down the stretch. I mean, he was a disaster at the position. Awful. But, you know, where they're at right now, I don't I I have no idea if Kenny Pickett's the guy or not. I know it doesn't look like it, but once you fire the offensive coordinator and Matt Canada during the season, you got to think to yourself, all right, well, maybe if this guy just gets a change of scenery in terms of who's out there calling the plays and designing the offense, maybe things can get better. Like if you took Kenny Pickett and you plugged him in the Kyle Shanahan system in San Francisco, would you get good results? Maybe better. Better, I don't know for of course, sure. but like, would it be, you know, could he play like Purdy, for example, if he shifted gears and he and Purdy traded spots, Purdy's probably struggling right now. I can't, I can't say that right now. All right. So you, you are not a believer in Kenny Pickett. You think they need another quarterback. I, I think that they don't have the answer yet. I'll give it more time because I want to be patient with the situation and I know what the team is and I know what they're going to do. And that's be patient with it. Uh, I personally have come close to seeing enough to understand that he's not the guy. Okay. Okay. I mean, they're going to give it year three. I have a feeling he's going to get year three, and then the big decision will have to be next year when, you know, with first-rounders, you have to pick up that fifth-year option. It's going to be a little bit of a Daniel Jones-type situation. We're talking about the patience that they've had with Mike Tomlin, and you're outlining the lack of success they've had in the postseason. It's been a while. It's been a while since they won a playoff game. Half the league's won a playoff game since I think it's 22 teams have won a playoff game since the last time the Steelers won a playoff game. Loyalty has you kicking the can down the road further and further. They did it with Roethlisberger. I'm not there yet with Tomlin, but I will be at the end of next year for sure. If they're in the same spot, no question about it. Oh boy. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.